Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Super Fun Happy Hour podcast. We're back. Tom, we're back. We have to go back. No, we, 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 we're back. We went back. We took we took the flight. Where are we? We took the flight, 316, to the uh, there, and, and we had, there was a big white flash, and now we're uh-huh. back. Uh-huh. Mm. I don't watch Lost, I don't know. I, I don't watch Lost, do It looked quite crap, to be honest. I watch Flash Forward. I watch um, Heroes. Oh my god, that's probably the geekiest joke I've ever made. What, that you watch Flash I Forward? I watch Flash <laughs> Forward. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Um, <laughs> All right. uh, welcome back, uh, listeners, if there is a study one out, uh, listening out there. Uh, there's, probably, there's probably a few, like, let's not... Hi, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be back. Tom's happy to be back. My, my squeaking chair's happy to be back. Um, it feels good to be back. Tom? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. You just went silent for there. Obviously, the excitement was too much for you. I think it was that. I zoned out for a second, and but I'm back now. Okay. Uh, on uh, this uh, episode, we've got... Uh, we're going to be talking about Lost, which was back last week, even though we don't like it. Um... Tom, do you have a film review repaired? No, I think we, well, you know, I can probably build some into the awards. Uh, you could talk about the uh, the Oscar nominations, if you like. I, I sure can. That, that's an exciting thing. Okay, uh, I would just sit here nonchalantly and uh, just murmur and agree. Um, we also got the Super Fun Happy Hour Awards. We did them last year, and now they're back again. Yeah, it's so exciting. Um, it was a popular segment last year. Uh, also... Uh, couple of other little ditties and bitties and what up yeah we can have a l- tons of fun a truckload a carload a truckload carrying cars which are also full of fun great analogy tom thank you right. so welcome by the all to the reboot of the super fun happy hour podcast better than spider-man better than the spider-man reboot we already know that's gonna be shit it could well we'll see it is going to be shit. I, I, I still stand by the Spider-Man 3. It's not as bad as everyone made it up to me. It's fair, but the problem is the first two were great, so a fair film after two great ones is a shame. Yeah. The, the only thing I didn't like about Spider-Man 3, the bit in the uh, the bar when uh, Peter Parker's in the bar. Actually, Jazz bar. <laughs> yeah. That's really, 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 really embarrassing to watch. I, I thought that was like the worst bit of the whole, but probably one, one, like the worst pieces of cinema I've ever seen, ever, <laughs> ever. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to beat the Spider-Man reboot. We're going to be so much better. I think I, th- I think we are, and for one reason, and that's that we haven't recast anyone. Um, I'm me, and you're you. I'm me. You're yeah, you're you're you. Come on, Tom. This is the Simpsons quote here. Do you know which one? Ah, uh, it's uh, James Woods. Hey, don't jerk me around. <laughs> um, but uh, well, a lot has happened since we've been away as well. You, you've come, you've went to New York, came back from New York. Yeah. Um, I went nowhere and came back from nowhere and. Oh, The Simpsons turned 20 as well. The 
Simpsons turned 20. That was, um, I watched the um, sort of celebrations they had in Sky One. It was quite nice. The documentaries were obviously a lot more interesting than the episodes they showed. I didn't watch it. I haven't seen the documentary. It's probably on um, online somewhere. I should probably catch that at one point. But, it was um, good. Uh, was it an actual live documentary then? It, it wasn't. It was like Ricky Gervais narrating it. It was like three different segments on like guest stars and the show itself and things like that. It, it was pretty interesting. Oh, I was kind of, I was kind of half expecting like another behind the laughter or something. No, it wasn't that. It was like proper, like straight up interviews with like people who had guested on the show. All right. Awesome. I shall try and catch that. Um, happy birthday to the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, it's been, it, even though it has waned in quality in recent years, it's mm-hmm. still wonderful. Um, I mean, there's no there's no denying the legacy, even though it's not as good as it used to be. Well, it inspired many uh, many other cartoons. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of humour has had a massive impo- impact on popular culture. So, hooray for Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the Simpsons covered. I can't think of anything else that's happened. It's, well, let's be honest, it's been pretty boring. I mean, oh, the Super Bowl was last night. Now, um, I said to you yesterday that you should watch this because you have um, no interest in American su- uh, football at all, have you? No, I have absolutely no interest in it. I have absolutely no idea what the rules are, but I did watch it, and I think I picked up a few things. You right. know, I, I got into it. It was interesting. I watched, I think it's the second quarter, I think it was the okay. second quarter, and basically what I could gather was it was just the, just people trying to get the ball as far up the field as they can. Yeah. And it just kept stopping and starting and stopping. I thought, people paid money to watch this. But the thing is... It's almost inevitable that they get up the end, and then you've got to see what they can pull out of their sleeve to get the touchdown or a kick. But the kicks are pretty rubbish because a touchdown is obviously worth a lot more points. And that's pretty much as far as I got in terms of my understanding of it. Uh, New Orleans won, didn't they? Yes, they did. The New Orleans Saints. Um, but I went to bed before they won. All right. Did you watch the halftime show? Um, well, no, because BBC didn't have any of that coverage. They just went to pundits. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, well, that's odd. I know. I, I watched the second half on uh, Sky Sports. Ah. Uh, but the second quarter, so I don't know if they showed the halftime show. Yeah. But, um... Oh, well, say, Levine. Apparently it was The Who, and uh, apparently they were quite good. Oh, yeah, The Who. The Who? <laughs> Here's your who. <laughs> Where's a who? So many who jokes, so little time. Uh, mm. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Um, as much as it could be enjoyed on a first go. Fantastic. I have no interest in it whatsoever at all. I, I really couldn't care less who won. I just, uh, I, I just don't get the sport at all. I, I, well, I didn't either, but something inside me, I don't know. Something clicked, and the the proper egg-shaped uh, sport tournament is back. Six Nations. Ah, uh, that's that's back. Yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not into rugby. Oh, I love rugby. Rugby's fantastic. Fifteen grown, fat, balding men shouting and touching <laughs> each other. Um. So 
we've had uh, Simpsons birthday, Super Bowl, um, Tom, New York, sum it up in three words. It was in beginning. In beginning. Yes. Yeah, that's a perfectly crobulent word. I think so. <laughs> um, I think really that's all to be discussed. Really, uh, yeah. don't don't forget if you want to email us, you can. Super fun happy hour at ymail.com. I remembered it. Uh, we're also on the old Twitter as well. Did SFA you check page. that email? I did. I checked it a couple of weeks ago. There was nothing in there. Nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing of relevance at all. Oh, okay. Um, so let's get on with the, the rest of the podcast, shall we? Let's do it. I don't think you're understanding me here. I'm asking politely. You either get up and come with us on your own, or I'll have you dragged out. Because we are going to have this conversation. It's not going to be here. Is that right? Previously on Lost. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. oh my god, I'm so excited Lost is back. It's irritating having to wait a week. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like waiting a week. But basically, me, Tom and Joe Hill totally geeked out and stayed up all night <sighs> mm-hmm. to wait for it to service online. And when we did, we all, we all watched it roughly at the same time. And it was... Oh, so fantastic. I would like to get one thing out of the way first. Go on. The CGI at the beginning. Yeah. It, it, I don't... Obviously Lost has a big budget and it has to spend it on things like the Temple, which is a terrific set for a TV show. Yeah. Um, but that CGI, it took you, took you completely out of the moment. And it, it, for me, it's spoiled. The, the, the whole um, alternate timeline flash really okay. it the fact and it was cheesy as right it went straight out the window down underneath the water and yeah everything like that but the CGI did reveal that the island is underwater yes okay that's that is we give it some credit but they could have just done it so much better I think they, it would have been a lot better if Jack just turned to the screen and said oh yeah the island's underwater by the way guys <laughs> I think I would have liked that a lot more mm-hmm um, but uh, where do we begin to analyse LAX? It's well, it's uh, the acting was obviously top notch. Yep. Um, we saw some characters return. We saw Boone return. Yay. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw Claire return. Yay. Um, <laughs> who else did we see return? That was it, wasn't it? I think so. Um, uh, Charlie. Do- Oh yeah, Charlie came back as well. With uh, uh, tried to uh, swallow his heroin and almost died. I have an interesting theory about this. Actually, basically, we have the the Flash timelines, which is basically what they're calling it in the Lost World: uh, Flash sideways instead of Flash forwards uh-huh. and Flash uh, flashbacks. It's Flash yes. sideways. Basically, what we have here, we have a timeline of saying what if 
815 didn't crash. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to be interesting to me is that already we've seen sort of similarities with the show and the the timeline is somehow going to sort of unravel anyway and it's going to mm. bring them all to the island at the present time. Yeah. They are on the island. So they're, what, 2007, I think, on the island at the moment? So I think now that timeline is going to come hurtling towards 2007 and all these little bits are going to unravel like Charlie not dying because Charlie was supposed to die on the island uh-huh. um, what else was there um, Hurley's Kate, lucky Hurley's lucky but also Kate escaped again Yes. because as you know the time do you think that maybe Kate was supposed to be arrested and trialled and everything but she's escaped so that's also sort of quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, because of how much of importance it was for them to be at the island from the start, mm. what's interesting now is that we've got the island underwater. Yeah, that that's... The problem is with the show, that episode, it's created so many questions, so many more yeah. questions. It's just so hard to, I mean, to analyse it. It's almost inevitable that we're going to get the timelines converging at some point. I think I think it is going to get to a point where the, the alternate timeline is going to join up with the original timeline. But what I really do not want to see is some sort of beat showdown between the regulars and uh, alternate timeline counterparts. I think that would be so cheesy and awful. Jack on Jack or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like they, all of them like come to the beach and they're all facing the other, you know, the other version of them. Oh, it, it would be awful. I don't, I don't think uh, the Lost writers are that stupid. I think they're going to give us enough credit. For and that. then like extra Desmond just moves in with regular Desmond and Penny. A theory, another theory. There is only one Desmond. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I think. The thing he, is, go on. Well. The problem with Desmond is, what would have happened to make him, you know, want to be part of this whole thing again? Because all he has ever wanted since season five was a quiet life with Penny. What would have motivated him to become the constant and, you know, sort of guide these characters without revealing who he is? Hmm. Maybe Desmond did die from the gunshot. Even though he said he was all right, do you remember at the end of season five, he was shot by... Uh Ben, he said he was going to be okay. Maybe he did die, or something's happened between that point where they're in the hospital and everyone else dropping the bomb, going back, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe something's happened between then for Desmond to sort of jump through time again, like he did in the Constant. Mm-hmm. Tried to sort of sort it all out. Like, do you remember in the Constant, he was like. Um, he was jumping through time, going to see Faraday back in the, I think it was the 80s or 90s. Um, he was, he spoke to Penny uh, to tell him to call him, no, to stay by the phone. Yeah. And so yeah. he was going to call him. Do you think he's going to start doing that now? Jumping between the alternate timeline and the real timeline to make sure that's fixed because everything's going wrong in the alternate timeline already? That That's interesting. Well, another theory is that if he did die, Maybe this whole side thing is a red herring and we've got Jacob taking over Desmond's body. That is also interesting, but I do actually believe that Jacob has now taken over Saeed's body and we've got the sort of lock thing over again. 
But the, the weird thing is, though, is that in the timeline, even though we've got the fake lock, we've still got Locke's body. Yep, Locke regular. Locke regular and fake Locke, while we only have one Saeed, even though he's sort of been possessed by okay. Jacob. Um, which was sort of quite interesting. Or, I've sort of been thinking about this as well. Have you noticed the water was uh, uh, dark and dirty? They pointed yeah. that out. Maybe fake lock has something to do with Saeed coming back? I think it would be overkill to have two characters then under the evil sort of spell. Perhaps. That might be something worth it for because they put the ring of ash around the temple to stop it from getting yeah. in. Um, so I don't know. that's answered a lot of questions as well. Do you remember in I think it was the incident when they were transporting Locke's body they noticed the ring of ash was broken around the cabin. Yeah. Which makes me think when Locke and Ben visited Jacob, I do that in air quotes, Jacob in, no. in the cabin, that Jacob in the cabin who said help me wasn't actually the Jacob it was. Oh, no, I mean, I've, I've believed that ever since we saw the incident. I... I uh, I sort of, I sort of believe now that that is the case because, um, I'm, I, I was almost convinced immediately once I saw the incident that it's actually the dark man who's who was in Jacob's cabin. Yeah. Um. I think that is really sort of the case. I think really because we don't forget that the episode was called "The Man Behind the Curtain" as well, so it sort of suggests that. I think that is definitely what it is. That it is also the, the most. What's the word? I think it's the most simplest theory as well, yeah. and it does make a lot more sense. But knowing Lost, it'll be something completely different. Oh yeah, I love this whole. Well, one of my favourite things about it is poor Ben. I mean, he's spent his entire life manipulating people, only to discover that he's been manipulated from the beginning. It's kind of like a bit of an ironic twist, really. Yeah. To be honest, and I think there has been a lot of irony in Lost, anyway. I think that's like kind of one of the sort of story mechanisms that Lost has. Like, um, I'm just trying, I can't think of any ironic moments at the moment, but I think that is like a good point really that Ben has been manipulated all along even though he was manipulating people, which is yeah. sort of quite interesting. So I think it'd be interesting to see how that sort of pans out as well with like the fake lock and, the, and, and Saeed and, and whatever. So, but uh I'm just trying to think back now, but uh, I, I think the, the the others as well were genuinely surprised to see Saeed return as well. Oh no, absolutely. So maybe maybe it could be Jacob or who knows. Um, I'm just trying to think of what else happened in that episode so much. One thing I didn't like: Juliet returning just to die again. That was, it seems slightly futile, but I well, there's got to be something more to it. Well, the reason why, the only thing I can think of the reason why Juliet returned just for those 20, 25 minutes was for her to say to Sawyer that it worked. Uh -huh. Well, well it, it was, she was going to say that it worked, but he obviously got Miles to do it. I think okay. that's the reason why, just to add that sort of extra question. In. There's one more thing that I want to say before we move on, and that's that there was a bit that I really hope they explained because it was very sort of subtle, but at the same time, it could reveal a lot, and that's when Saeed's dead body is lying there, and Miles looks disturbed, as if he's hearing something from Saeed. Yeah. 
and maybe Hurley we'll... says, and then Hurley says what, and he just says nothing. Maybe we'll find out what actually happened, because maybe like the next couple of episodes. Because if it's going to be something sort of sinister or something bad, I don't think Mars is going to sort of uh, keep it hidden. And I don't think Mars is that kind of person. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Hurley can actually see dead people. Yes, I, I knew that all along. I believed that all along, but we sort of see it confirmed now, really. Um, I thought that was quite nice, really, sort of Jacob yeah. and him. It's good to see Jacob back as well. I thought he was fantastic. Um, but there was so much going on in LAX, it's so hard to analyse it without seeing, I think, a couple more episodes, really. But I think it was just sort of excited to see Lost back. Mm-hmm. It's back. <laughs> Um, so worth the cans of Red Bull which I consumed that night. Oh, <laughs> but uh, very glad to see Lost is back. Um, LAX, a brilliant episode? Yes, very good. Top notch episode. Um, by the way, the Desmond being one Desmond in both timelines, that's my theory. Okay. I came up with that like on the Thursday mo- uh, the Wednesday morning, so all of you can fuck off. Okay. Um, Lost. Yay. Uh, Yay. Yay for Lost. Um, What Kate does is the next episode. Yep. Are you eye-rolling as well? Well, it's a bit inevitable that we're going to get that title, but let's hope that Kate actually does something interesting. Like kill herself. (laughs) Please just get rid of her. She's such an annoying character. I mean, the good thing about Lost Ending is Kate Ending. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. No more Kate, yay! That last episode, I mean, even thinking about it right now, it's going to be ridiculous. Ooh, ooh, Rosa Bernard. Uh-huh. Did they travel back to the future? <laughs> or back to the present with the other lot? With the other lot. Because if they didn't, I definitely think it... Well, actually, no, because... I think Adam and Eve thing's pissing me off a little bit because I, I just like it's bothering me who they could be I think that it's going to be really simple and it's just going to be Rose and Bernard but they weren't wearing Darby jumpsuits because uh, um, Adam and Eve were wearing Darby jumpsuits well we'll just have to wait and see won't we well, we'll see maybe it's uh... hang on a minute didn't Adam and Eve have those black and white stones on them yes from the game of was it backgammon they were playing Walton Locke in the first series maybe yeah could be Locke and someone that's interesting could be Locke and maybe who knows it might be Locke and if Saeed has been taken over by Jacob no, Jack, Jack, Jack said the other one was female oh okay alright then that's but my theory then <laughs> oh Locke and Juliet no no. Okay, right, because they bury Juliet. <laughs> what Kate does is going to end with Juliet's grave and her hand bursting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Hurley just go, oh, dude. <laughs> and then, yep. uh, I don't think Lost is going to resort to zombieism yet. Well, we've only got 17. 15 hours left. I thought it was left. They've got 18 episodes in this. LAX was one episode. Okay, 16 hours left there. 17. No, it's 16. No, because the finale will be two hours. Yeah, but LAX was two hours and that counts as two episodes. 
Yeah, so that makes 16 hours. Yeah. Plus the finale will be a two-hour one. So it'd be no, the finale. I'm, if LAX counted as two episodes and two hours, then I'm sure the finale counts as two it hours. It depends if the finale's parts or not. It might be just one long episode. I'd wager a bet that we're only going to see 16 more hours. I'm not going to take that bet because I'm pretty useless with bets at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Lost is back, and I'm very, I'm very glad it's back, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, finally getting some answers. Same here. Me too. <laughs>
the winner of the best episode award is No More Good Days. Really? Yeah. That's that's quite a shock, actually. Um, uh, to give credit, though, I thought that was a fantastic pilot. To be honest, it is a show. It was a fantastic pilot, and uh, it's a shame that. Right. It, it, it is a shame because it was a very interesting premise. Yeah, but I, I just felt like it sort of suffered what Lost did in sort of season two, that it felt like they were making it up as they were going along. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen anything past, I think, episode five, so I can't judge on the rest of it, but uh, the pilot was good. Uh, in fact, the, the V pilot was fantastic as well, I thought. Um, it was. A truly brilliant episode. I gave up on V after the first four episodes because right. we still haven't seen a single lizard person. Uh, also, it's on a break as well at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, you know, the best way to have ended a break, you know, to have ended, to have ended the first four episodes and put it on hiatus was to at least reveal what they are. Mm. Oh well, silly script writers. No lizard people after four hours. I mean, I want my time back. <laughs> Okay, uh, the next uh, category is Best Character. Uh, Thomas, you can read these ones out. Yep, the nominations are Dexter in Dexter, Tracy Jordan in 30 Rock, Ben Linus in Lost, Johnson in Peepshop, and Jack Shepard in Lost. Jack. And the winner is, unsurprisingly, Benjamin Linus. Amazing, amazing character. Amazingly played. He's absolutely brilliant. I love everything about Ben. Mm-hmm. Love it's, everything uh, about Ben. <laughs> his voice, his acting, his cute little funny catchphrase. It's just just a fantastic, uh, wonderfully written character, to be honest. And I think... I mean, in this... Sort of Michael Emerson was, I think, the perfect choice for him, I think, really. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, like in this in this day and age of uh, fad TV, to get you know writing of that quality and an actor to pull it off, it really is outstanding. He's an absolute fantastic character. Um, yes, well deserved, I think, for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, best actor. Best actor, James. If you could uh, read us the nominations for best actor. I can. Uh, Michael Emerson for Lost. Alec Baldwin for Thirty Rock. Brendan Gleeson for Into the Storm. Michael C. Hall for Dexter and Peter Capaldi Capaldi for the thick of it (laughs) and the winner is the winner is um, this is the only full point unanimous vote James and I had and that is Michael Emerson picking up the award for Ben Linus Um, I think we said it um, that's Ben I think Michael we said it picking up the best actor and the best character awards in the second annual Super Fun Happy Hour Awards. He's having a good time, I think, really. Yeah, I know. Um, we should try and get him. <laughs> get him on the show. He'd probably like it. Absolutely. Um, I don't think anything needs to be said. You know, it's a fantastic character, mm-hmm. wonderful actor, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, best actress. Best actress. Um, this is notable for James's. TV crushes coming through pretty prominently in this. Uh, his his reason for nominating one of the characters was because she's hot, and we we, we didn't take it any further than that. Okay, um, the best actress award nominees are Eliza Coupe for Scrubs, Jane Lynch for Glee, January Jones for Mad Men, Vera. 
Ilatova for Peep Show. Yeah. And Elizabeth Mitchell for Lost. For, I mean, for Lost. Is... For Lost, not me. Lost. We must yeah, point out. Lost. This is this is absolutely a list of just people you would want to have sex with, isn't it, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Apart from maybe Jane Lynch. Yeah. Well, um... I'd want to have sex with her. You know, a wit. Yes, definitely. Anyway, the winner is Elizabeth Mitchell. Hooray! Juliet. Um, I think Juliet's character is one of the best characters in Lost as well, and Elizabeth Mitchell plays her brilliantly. Um, I think uh, I think she, well, actually, she, she's an extremely underrated, you know, her character is played in an extremely underrated. Remember when everyone thought she was evil? I, I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's and, nice. But, yeah. I'd say arguably she had one of the best character developments of the whole sort of story. Definitely. Plus she's hot as well. Okay. <laughs> uh, so just to go over the, the television awards, best show was won by uh, Peep Show. Best episode was No More Good Days by Flash, uh, for Flash Forward. Best character was Benjamin Linus. Best actor, Michael Emerson for Lost. And best actress was Elizabeth Mitchell for Lost. Lost. So AB- ABC Sci-Fi... Um, cleaning up pretty well apart from the big award yeah so well done ABC and well done Lost <laughs> and well done Peep Show yeah well done Peep Show for a I... terrific sixth season which is you know after season five which was let's face it a, you know maybe a minor dip in form mm. season six was absolutely incredible incredibly funny absolutely terrific it's a brilliant episode I think it was the one where Johnson was setting up in the business with yeah um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I stopped laughing in that episode. Johnson is just like the best lines ever in anything. <laughs> uh, okay, that was the television. Tom, do you want to do your film? Um, I'd like to do my film awards, but um, I'd also like to break it up just for a second and talk about something that I know is close to both our hearts. Um, but for the life of me, I can't remember what it was that I set out to talk about. Was so it... yeah, let's, let's crack on with the film awards. Okay, let's do the film awards. Um, I've got a small confession, James. Okay. I extended a few of these, so there's a few categories, but I'll rattle through the first few quite quickly, okay? All right, I'll let you do it. I'll let you get up with it. <laughs> All right. Um, best animated feature. I have three films nominated, Coraline, Up, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, any other year, it would have been Coraline, but unfortunately, Up was absolutely the best animated film among the best films released this year so Up wins best animated film have you seen Up James? I have seen it now yes it's a fantastic film fantastic film mm-hmm. um, I also had best original score um, nominated was Up A Serious Man Moon The Hurt Locker and Avatar how many of those have you seen? Uh, two two okay yeah. well Moon won Ah, I've, I've been meaning to watch that, actually. Uh, so. the, the soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, worst film. Old Dogs, The Final Destination, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. He's just not that into you, and Year One. And um, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen won, simply because it was extremely disappointing, if anything. It was going to be disappointing, Tom. It's Transformers, directed know, by Michael but... Bay. I, 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 I really intensely like the first one. No. That's the problem. No. I, I can't stand uh, that. Nom- <laughs> nomination for Best, best Screenplay, mm-hmm. which is actually probably 
one that's closest to my heart, being a writer and everything. And um, yeah, the nominations for Best Screenplay are Bob Peterson and Pete Doctor for Up, John Lucas and Scott Moore for The Hangover, Scott New and Michael H. Weber for 500 Days of Summer, Joel and Ethan Cohen for A Serious Man, and Quentin Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Should be noted, Quentin Tarantino is the only person in this category, or Inglorious Bastards is the only thing in this category that was written by one person. And Inglorious Bastards wins. Because I- it was a fantastic script. Side note on this as well, I'm not a Tarantino fan. I think Tom knows it, and a lot of other people know it. But I watched Inglorious Bastards, and I thought it was very, very good. It's not enough to change my complete opinion on Tarantino, but it was a fantastic film. Um, and I give him some credit for making a terrific movie. Oh, thank you, James. So. All right, we're getting into the actor awards now. Okay. And best actress in a supporting role. Unfortunately, not much eye candy for James. Um, the nominations are Monique for Precious, Anna Kendrick for Up in the Air, Vera Famiga for Up in the Air, Diane Kruger for Inglorious Bastards, and Abigail Breslin for Zombieland. And. Well, I, it would be a travesty if Monique didn't win for Precious because that's just absolutely the best performance I've seen all year out of anyone in anything. Excellent. Best actor in a supporting role. Um, Christoph Waltz for Inglorious Bastards. Zach Galifianakis for The Hangover. Jackie O'Haley for Watchmen. Stanley Tucci for The Lovely Bones and Woody Harrelson in Zombieland. There's one I'm hoping that will win this. So What's I'll, that? I'll wait until you announce it. Okay. Well, like I said, I would be absolutely remiss also if Christoph Waltz didn't win for Inglorious Bastards. Not the one I was thinking of. I thought Woody Harrelson was fantastic in Zombieland. He really was, but... I thought he was brilliant in that. No, Christoph Waltz and Inglorious Bastards, I've... You know, people have been talking about that, and they're absolutely not wrong by saying that it's absolutely the best character Tarantino has ever written, and the best character that, well, one of the best characters I've ever seen in film, and he played it absolutely perfectly to a T. Mm-hmm. Best actress in a leading role. Um, we had Meryl Streep, Julie and Julia, Melanie Laurent for Inglorious Bastards, Gabori Sidibe for Precious. Zoe Deschanel for 500 Days of Summer and Carrie Mulligan for an education. Bit more on candy this time round, James. Zoe Deschanel, yeah, definitely. She would get it. Okay, good. Um, well, Carrie Mulligan won for an education because she's absolutely terrific. And she's a very favourite actress of mine ever since she was in, um, well, Doctor Who all those years ago. Excellent. Okay, best actor in a leading role. There's some great ones this time around. Shotel Copley for District 9, notable because he'd never acted before and all his lines were improvised. Ooh. Michael Stilbuck for A Serious Man. Sam Rockwell for Moon, notable because he played the character twice. Jeremy Renner for The Hurt Locker. And Joseph Gordon Levitt for 500 Days of Summer. You got any preferences for this one? Uh, let me just say, well, I've only seen District 9 out of that, so. Mm-hmm. I didn't, know, I didn't know he improvised all of his lines, though. Mm-hmm. So, well, he, he did play it very well. He did. But because he was snubbed at the Oscars, and because it's one of my favourite films of the year, I think Sam Rockwell deserves it for Moon. Mm. And so he won. Because it was absolutely terrific. And he was definitely the best thing about it. I mean, playing two characters and having them 
you know, recognizable the moment they walked on screen without saying a single word, you know. Not even having twins, but the same character playing two characters mm. and having them so different from each other that you could immediately identify them. It takes a lot of acting skill to do that. Mm. Okay, best director. Um, I've gone a bit different here because usually the best director is nominated for the best picture awards as well. But I'm not into that kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, best director, I had Catherine Bigelow for The Hut Locker. Duncan Jones for Moon, Quentin Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards, Neil Blomkamp for District 9, and Jason Reitman for Up in the Air. And Neil Blomkamp won for District 9. Hmm. Fantastic. Fantastically directed. Yeah, it's a terrific film as well. Very, very good film. Absolutely, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, now we're on to Best Picture. James, would you like to read out the nominations for Best Picture? I will, actually, yes. Uh, this is the Best Picture Award, Tom's favourite film, I presume, of the past 12 months. Uh, the nominations are uh, The Hurt Locker, Let the Right One In, A Serious Man, Moon, and Inglorious Bastards. Would you hazard a guess as to which one I've picked to win? Probably Moon. Probably Moon. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I like to switch things around a bit, and the absolute best film that I watched over the last 12 months was A Serious Man. Okay. So that's one. And I would urge everyone to see it because no film has affected me as greatly as A Serious Man did the first time I saw it. So I think I'll put that on my list as well to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just came out of the cinema with an absolute fear of... Well, I just... I was so scared and felt so hopeless for absolutely no reason apart from that's just what it made me feel. Hmm. It was very affecting and it, I strongly recommend it for anyone. Um, Tom, thank you very much for the film awards. Absolutely no problem. Uh, and, be- uh, before we carry on, we have one special award, um, which which we which we this is new this year. Uh, we'll probably do it again if we do it again next year. It's the special recognition award, a recognition award in the field of gen- being generally fucking awesome. And uh, this took two seconds to decide, Tom, didn't it? It did. I mean. There's a lot of SFHH favourites around here. We've got Ellen Page and David Mitchell um, yeah. frequently come up in conversation. Mm-hmm. We love Michael Emerson. In fact, we love all of Lost J.J. Abrams, Jack yeah. Shepard, Michael Fox, but Matthew Fox, sorry. Um, but, but none of them come close to the person we've chosen. Who is it, James? Uh, the person who has received a special recognition in the field of being generally fucking awesome is Charlie Brooker. <laughs> Um, There's no way we could have given it to anyone else. I don't know, if you've not known who Charlie Brooker is, he's a journalist who is famous for being miserable, cynical, and just generally moody and sarcastic. He presents a show called Screenwiper Newswipe on Channel 4. He does journalists, journalism columns in The Guardian. Um, and he also presents um, You Have Been Watching on Channel 4. And he's also a writer as well. He wrote uh, Dead Sets, which I still think was underrated. Um, yeah, Dead Set. I thought Dead Set was criminally underrated. It got it got quite a couple of number of bad reviews. I thought it was fantastically written and it was a wonderful program. But Charlie Brooker's main focus is, I think, Newswipe and Screenwipe, especially Newswipe. Uh, he's yeah, a- Newswipe's. Well, you know, it seems such a sort of low concept idea. You know, not many people would be turned on to a show about news, considering how boring the news is. But 
it's really kicked off. It's fantastic. Charlie Brooker is a genuinely funny man, and um, that's why he's won the award because he's fucking awesome. And we love him. And if you're listening, Charlie, come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, so congratulations, Charlie. Final category, though, Tom. Final category, which is the music awards. I, I have to point. Now, I have to point out some with the music awards because mm-hmm. music, uh, quite along with film, there is such a general, broad spectrum of music. And mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to A, listen to every piece of music in the world, B, like every piece of music in the world, and C, the first two. So basically, what I've I go, done... I'd go on best machines. I'd say it's a whole lot wider than film. I mean, music's one of the most subjective things that takes a job. So, you know, you're, you're absolutely the best person that's up to this challenge. So this music, sort of the awards really, there will be people who will definitely not agree with, maybe not even the nominations, for example, but these are my nominations, which I feel are credible for such an award. So I thought I'd get that out of the way first. Not Um, like the Grammys. Not like the Grammys, which is just a farce. (laughs) Beyonce, really? You know, okay, all right, love, sweet dreams, that was a good song, but... Moving on, um, there are five awards in this. Um, they are the best album, best song, best artist, biggest insult to music, and new this year, the Who Needs New Music Award, in which I celebrate one well, of the best songs of all time, basically. Because there seems to be a sort of uh, an influx of old songs becoming big again. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd uh, do that. And a couple of people helped me with some nominations for that. But I did decide on my winner when I chose it. So uh, let's get let's uh, get on with the show. Uh, the category even. First, I'm going to start off with best album. There were, I thought 2009 was brilliant for music, but I've chosen five very very good albums uh, in no particular order. Uh, Muse, The Resistance, uh, a great love between me and Tom. Uh, Larue's self-titled album. Uh, it's Blitz by Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Gratitude by Weezer and Lungs by Florence and the Machine. And the winner is Tom. Do you wanna have you heard any of those albums? Um, I've heard The Resistance, and I very much enjoyed it. Excellent. Uh, the winner isn't The Resistance, Tom. That's okay. Uh, the winner goes to Florence and the Machine for Lungs. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of buzz around her ever since she came out. Uh, the album has received a lot of hype. And usually when albums receive a lot of hype, it, they turn out to be, meh, it's okay. But yeah. Lugs was completely different. It's such a fantastic piece of art, really, I guess I could describe it. There's a, wow. I think Florence's vocals are quite similar to Kate Bush, for example. A lot of people say, oh, don't listen to Florence, go listen to Kate Bush instead. But she's more sort of a more modern Kate Bush. I think this is yeah. the kind of songs that Kate Bush would be doing now. Um, there's a load of great songs on there, very catchy songs, some very fantastic songs like, um, let's pop the top of my head, Howl, for example, uh, Hurricane Drunk, My Boy Builds Coffins, just a couple of ones. And also, it's well, re- you know what, James? Yeah? If you love Florence so much, why don't you go marry her? I think I would. She's quite hot. So, Florence and the Machine, Lungs, is my best album. Of- you want to live like an animal? Go live in the shed. Yeah, thick fuck. Oh, right. <laughs> Don't get me started on the shoulder, please. 
Uh, best song award. Thank you now. <laughs> the best song award. Uh, there's seven songs in this one. And this was really hard for me to choose. In fact, there are two winners in this. Can I, I say, can I just say, I managed to keep all my nominations down to five and a winner of one. What have you been playing at? You've completely taken this on your own. Well, this one was, I just thought of seven songs which were really good, stuck out in my head over the past year. And then when I came Let it be known that James Lewis is an indecisive idiot. Um, oh, there was another one I was better put on there as well. Uh, I don't mind. It, it would have, yeah, but there are two songs which have won because I just cannot decide between them, and they both have good reasons. Anyway, the nominations for best song are "In for the Kill" by Larue, "Follow the Light," what? Nothing. "Follow the Light" by Sub Focus, which you've probably not heard, and "Dance in the Dark" by Lady Gaga. "Heads Will Roll" by Yeah Yeah Yeah's "Untouchable Girls Aloud," um, and two new songs: "United States Eurasia." And MK Ultra, and the winner is Tom. Do you want to guess? Um, I can't remember any of the other ones you listed. <laughs> it's the two Muse songs, basically. And, wow. Um, I have reasons. One, MK Ultra, an unbelievable song. It is absolutely. You know, it's just. I, I, well, what's? Um, it's a fantastic song. Um, I remember hearing the preview of it and thinking that would be the best song on the album. And then when I heard it for the first time, I was blown away. Then I heard it live and it was blown away and it was just a terrific song. And now I've sort of had a chance to get used to the resistance. That song, along with United States, is the only sort of two songs, along with Exogenesis, that I like to stand out. United one. States is one of the bravest songs ever released. Yeah, that's my other point as well. The reason why that one as well because it was the first song we really heard from Muse in three years mm. and everyone was expecting something big and we got big everyone was expecting something epic and we got epic but no <laughs> it was one... just the most ridiculous song yeah. anyone's ever heard no one's ever expected the amount of ridiculous to come out of it and <laughs> it shocked a lot of people <laughs> but it was complete bravery of views and they pulled oh, yeah. it off so well and it was it was just fantastic so and i tell you what i was extremely impressed when i saw it live for the first time as well yeah we saw it live together Tom. we did um it was fantastic and also the performance on jules holler with the strings um mm -hmm. terrific i still watch that to this day i think that's a terrific one mm. um so those two views songs Excellent. Congratulations, Muse. Excellent. Uh, now the best artist award. Uh, these are for the. This is not necessarily the best artist to have released music in the last twelve months. Yeah. But more the best artist for some reason they've impacted me in the last twelve months. And the nominations are uh, the Gaslight Anthem, Little Boots, Nine Inch Nails, Muse, and Lady Gaga. And the winner is Lady Gaga. Stunned silence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the reason, no, that's, that, that's fine. The reason being, 2009 was her year. She has blown pop music away. Her songs are absolutely terrific, and yeah. she's a fantastic performer as well. And she is. And I know you don't like her, Tom. I I don't dislike her. <laughs> uh, next one. I have no problems choosing this. Really, honestly, the the other four nominations were just filler. 
<laughs> it was the biggest insult to music award and the nominations are and I have reasons for this as well I'll go backwards uh, the Sugar Babes for more lineup changes than the Liverpool starting 11 and much like Liverpool <laughs> starting 11 despite big expectations they always fail to deliver uh, Jedward John and Edward from the X Factor uh, it was funny the first time which it was weird the second time with the Ghostbusters and then it was just wrong the Ghostbusters was Probably the best comedy bit I've seen on television all year. <laughs> um, Endo. Sort of talking to the between each, each, each bit of the song. It was ridiculous. They sort of had mini performances within the performance. I can remember just sitting, just watching it and cringing. <laughs> how bad it was. Um, Endubs is the third nomination because oh, just God. because end-dubs. it's Endubs. It, just read it to Endubs, you'll understand why. Fourth is Kesha or Keisha or whatever your name is. You might be hot. But she sounds too much like Uffy, which is another similar style. So sort of and she's really annoying, and I hate that song TikTok. Yeah. But the winner, <laughs> and I'm only going to tell you the reason, is Scouting for Girls for having the absolute audacity to release a second album. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but they did win this award last year as well. Yeah. So while well on Scouting for Girls, you've won the same award two years running. How dare you? <laughs> oh God, it's just going to be exactly. The... Do you reckon what I reckon what they've done? They've just released the first album again. <laughs> God. Okay, the final award, the Who Needs New Music Award. I'll quickly whiz through this because there's quite a couple of. Can I, make it, can I make a couple of um, well guesses as to what's in there? Yes. Okay. Uh, so supposedly this is like retro songs. Any song I think really in the past forty years. Cool. Okay. Um, Don't stop believing. Yeah, by Journey. That's one of them. Black? No. Oh, okay. Well, those are my two guesses. Okay. Uh, apart from Don't Stop Believing, we've got More Than a Feeling by Boston, Hotel <laughs> California by, Eag- by the Eagles, uh, Closer by Nine Snails, Under the Bridge, Red Up Chili Peppers, Sister of the Rays by Muse, One Metallica, Everlong, Foo Fighters, and In My Place, Coldplay. Uh, as soon as I remembered this song, I knew it was going to win straight away, and that is Foo Fighters, Everlong. A terrific piece of music. Cool. A wonderful song. And I think if anyone listens to um, the, the Foo Fighters, and especially that song, would yeah. understand one. So that's it. That's my music awards, Tom. And that is the Super Fun Happy Award, Super Fun Happy Hour Awards 2010. Yay! And, uh, it's been an incredible journey um, here with James over the last 35 minutes. And I wouldn't pick anyone else to have this journey with. Um, and now to the after party. What's the after party? I don't know. Pringles. Cool. Cool. Uh, congratulations to all the winners. You'll probably never find out you won, but still, there you go. Yeah, it's a nice little thing, isn't it? Yeah. Nice little thing. Nice little and, thing. Uh, One to add to their CVs. Exactly. Um, or, yeah, to their to their CVs. That's what did I want to do? Oh, James. Yes. Big news um, for both of us. Go on. A new Edgar Wright film is coming out shortly. Hooray! A blockbuster that has absolutely nothing to do with his well, sound peg or Nick Frost. How do we feel about it? Um, uh, should be interesting, to mm-hmm. say the least. Uh, we'll see how he how he works without Frost and Peg. 
but uh, I would definitely say because I'm a fan of his work. So uh, it so will be interesting. Look forward to it. There's a couple of uh, Frost uh, Peg films coming out soon as well. So we've got Paul, haven't we? Yeah, and there's another one, I think. Uh, the end of the world. The world's end. That's another one. I just swear there might have been another one. But uh, it should be exciting. Exciting times coming up. Well, Edgar Wright's broken Hollywood now, and it's going to be yeah interesting to see what you know what he chooses now that you know the Blood and Ice Cream. Well, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy is presumably the next thing to go after Edgar Wright's done with Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So definitely looking forward to that. Should be fantastic. Tom. Yeah. There's something I want to remind you about because we have contrasting opinions on this and you want to have a quick ditty on Glee. 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 Now, Glee, for, Glee, Glee. for the record, I like Glee. I think it's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. It's high school musical on TV. Mm-hmm. But it, it's nice. It's a very, very nice program. It's not offensive, really, in any way, unless you don't like musical people covering your favourite songs. Mm-hmm. Which, let's be honest, is quite a lot of people. But... I like Glee. However, Tom, I believe you don't. I don't like Glee, James. You took care to explain why. Okay. The whole concept of Glee is um, really that losers can still be cool. Sort of like Spider-Man. You know, kids that wouldn't necessarily get their break in cheerleading or sports get something else to make them feel special about. It's a show that is, you know, it, it's good for regular people, but it's also uplifting for lonely people. Mm. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Now, now, the problem is that everyone in Glee is so unbelievably attractive <laughs> and nice and smart. None of them would actually be in a Glee club. I never oh, thought, no. I've never thought of it that way. I think you've got, problem- you've got to ruin it for me, now. you? <laughs> The other problem is that it's, I don't know, it's one of those shows that people just thought, right, let's make this show because anyone who hates it will be a humorless prick. Let's make a show so nice and so happy that anyone hates it would have to be the Grinch. To be honest, starting from the very beginning, from the the thing, Glee, how happy is that sound? Glee. 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 Exactly. That's, that's and, half the reason I wanted to watch it. Click. The good news is it's not terrible because, you know, 10 to 20 comedies happen every year and most of them are bad. Mm. So it, it's, it's, it's good in that respect. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I just, I think it's, the, the writing is quite sharp in places. Some of it mm-hmm. lacks some places. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the singing talent is very good. I mean, the choreography is very good. The, the singing acting could be better. You can really, really tell their lip syncing. But apart from that, it is something, it's an inoffensive program which you could just sit down for an hour, switch your brain off, and watch. And I think that's what I think people kind of really need, really, on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's that's a nice thing. I think that's really what Glee is all about. I think if you look more into it, then you're a bit of an idiot. I think, really. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm calling you an idiot. But basically, I just think it is something which you can't, you don't have to be over cynical about because it's not designed for people who hate everything or hate the world okay. or anything like that. So, 
I also have to say one more thing, which is that it won the Golden Globe for best comedy. I disagree. Thirty Rock should have won that. Now, <laughs> now see here. Okay. What? Okay, okay, I'm seeing here. Come on, tell me. Tell me. All right, so, <laughs> so Glee, I mean, Glee's, Glee's a new show, all right? Yeah. It doesn't deserve half the recognition. It's been getting a ton of recognition, but it doesn't deserve a third of the recognition that Modern Family should be getting mm. as a simple, effective family com- uh, we know, comedy about a dysfunctional family that's been done sort of a million times. The difference is that the writing is genuinely good, it's genuinely well acted, and it's hilarious. Mm. It is absolutely hilarious, and but because it's not as notable or as well, I'd say notable because Glee's a lot more trendy. You know, there's a lot, mm. there's a lot more going for Glee in this modern day of harmless, you know, harmless TV shows and High School Musical and things like that. Yeah, the, the whole dysfunctional family sitcom has been going on for nigh on forty years. But do you, don't you think though? Um, that it by not winning the Golden Globes, it's technically better than Glee. How would if you that, say? If that makes sense, like for example, it doesn't. It, it, the show really, it's it's kind of an old cliche. Really, the show is re- that good. It doesn't need to have recognition. If that Maybe. makes sense. I mean, it's it's definitely proven itself in America. I mean, the difference between it and Arrested Development or Thirty Rock is that A, it's very good, or B, it does get viewers, which unfortunately Arrested Development never got and Thirty Rock still struggles with slightly. Mm. So it's good to see that people are actually picking up on it. And um, but yeah, I'd just like to get the word out about Modern Family. You can see it on it's playing on Sky One everywhere at the moment, really, isn't it? I think it premieres on Tuesdays, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. On Sky One, Sky One HD. But, like, you know, they show it all the time on Sky 2 and things like that, like old episodes and reruns and things like that. I mean, we're only 14 episodes in and people are saying that it's the new Arrested Development. So let's keep going with that. Well, I have got a lot of episodes to watch because they're all backed up and everything, but I will get around to watching it at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And I'll, I'll watch so... Top Gear. Huh? And I'll watch Top Gear. Top Gear. Unfortunately, <laughs> the last series has waned so much. Oh. Um, I, I, the Bolivia special for me was just disappointing. There was yeah, a Bolivia special? The bit where they went to uh, Bolivia across the jungle in the 4x4s. I didn't see any of it. Oh. Well, basically, the only the, the best bit of that whole episode was seeing Richard Hammond in pain and suffering for the whole episode. Okay. Um, but I just felt this series felt rushed. I think it felt it was a bit sort of stale. A lot of recycled ideas mm-hmm. and it just didn't quite sort of capture the magic of like previous episodes like the race to the north where they race the train the bike and the car or going to the pole at the north pole which for me is the best top gear episode ever or going to yeah. america or uh, or <laughs> going on a caravan holiday and things like that it's not quite captured what the show used to have and i hopefully when they come back again in the summer they've had a rethink about where they're taking the show and that's come yeah. up with some good ideas because I think even the presenters and the producers themselves admitted this series was a bit sort of off colour. But I think every show has a bad series. I think Lost had a bad series. I didn't think season two was that particularly brilliant. Yeah. But you know, so we'll see. We'll see. 
But uh, no, it's, uh, Top Gear is still a funny show, though. And you can catch it on Dave, because it's on Dave every day. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of Dave, I wanted, I don't know if you've watched Dave or that, but they do their own show called Argumental on there. I yes, don't know, I have. I don't I, know if, I've heard about it. There's a guy, there's a comedian on there, and I, his name's Rufus something. I can't think of his name, his second name. He is a very, very funny guy. Uh, if you have to watch that show for one reason, be him. He's a very, very funny guy. He's sort of... He's, I like to call him Charlie Brooker for wimps. He's, he's cynical, but not as cynical. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Roof is something. Funny men. Yeah. Charlie Brooker for wimps. <laughs> I think we've encapsulated TV, I think, in a nutshell there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like anything worth watching, we'll have mentioned. Yeah. Don't watch. Don't watch... Mm. Robot Wars. No, don't watch Robot Well... Unless Plus that's Robot Wars if you can find it from like 99. Yeah. Or, um, uh, oh god. Um, oh, watch Mad Men. We haven't discussed Mad Men really. Mad Men, Mad I, Men. Uh, how long has the second series been out? Um, a, a long time because season three finished in the US a couple of weeks ago. Oh my god, I, I've, I, I've only set up to the end of season one. So, <laughs> oh my days. I yeah, need, to catch, need to catch Season up. two was over a year ago, James. Oh my god. I'm really out of touch then. But Mad Men, the first series was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Um, it's really good. Uh, a couple of other things as well. If you catch more four on Sunday nights, they do Father Ted, the IT crowd, and Black Books all in a row. And if you ever want a trio of brilliant British comedies, I think you just got to look there. I was never into the IT crowd. Really? It's a very, very sort of... I don't know, it's sort of clever comedy, but stupid comedy. Mm-hmm. It does go for the easy gags, but the setup's quite clever. And it's got some brilliant lines in it as well. Um, but Black Book's wonderfully written by Dylan Moore, and I think absolutely terrific. And I think Five of Ten is one of the best comedies I think ever created, ever. Um, so, yeah, if you've got more for, check that out as well. Okay. Um, and another TV show which I watched, it premiered on E4. Evil HD uh, was the Cleveland show. It's a spin off of Family Guy. I hate Family Guy. I hate it. Okay. I don't really like American Dad, but I genuinely sort of quite enjoyed the Cleveland show. So I'll probably see how that pans out. I really dislike the Cleveland show and I, well, I fell out of love with Family Guy a while ago, but watching the new episodes actually made me realize that it's still pretty good. Um, just a final thing in between us, they're making a film of it. Really? Yeah, they they, they go off to Magaluf, I think. But I think what's going to be more interesting is, I think it's going to be in the cinema, but it's going to be a film for production. So I think they're going to keep the same team who make the series. Oh, that would be good. Wow. So I, I, I think it could work really well. And to be honest, because the Inbetweeners, there's no laughter track, there's no audience. It's not a single camera setup. It's... I think it could transition well to the big screen to make a longer episode. But I think, in, I think in the same way the Simpsons movie kind of lacked in the middle a bit, because I do genuinely like the Simpsons movie. The beginning was very good, the ending was very good, the middle bit of the Simpsons movie was crap. I think if the Inbetweeners could sort of keep the pace going throughout the whole ep- uh, throughout the whole film, I think it could be a winner. Okay. 
The problem with the in-betweeners is it's a catchphrase comedy masquerading as something slightly more clever. It's almost impossible that this show isn't going to get stale very soon. Mm. But uh, that's also about the back of a third series soon as well, so mm -hmm. that should be excellent. A lot of, I'd say, pretty good TV around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, pretty good films around at the moment as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good. I mean, it's awards season, so the Oscars are coming up, and... Uh, yeah, there's, there's some good films um, being released. I'm not sure what's out in the UK that, you know, I'm not sure what's out in the US in comparison to the UK, but people should definitely go and see some of the not Oscar nominated films to get in the mood. A feast for the eyes. I'd definitely say people should watch The Hurt Locker because next to Avatar, if Avatar doesn't win, then The Hurt Locker will. Your thoughts on Avatar? I very, I very much liked it, but I have a problem with the fact that it seems to be getting a lot of nominations for Best Film and Best Director awards. I didn't really get Avatar. It was an okay film. It was a good film, but it just didn't click to be a great film. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, a friend of mine summed it up in a very weird and very stupid way. He said it was a bad film and it was a good film cleverly disguised as a great film that's but, i mean that is interesting I, which to some extent i probably agree i'd like to know why he said that but i do sort of ex sort of agree with him but i can't explain why mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, was, it was a very good film so much as it took you on a journey and it made you care and there were some great visual effects and you know it it, it genuinely was an interesting story to sit down and watch the, but it's you know not among the 10 overall best films of 2010 mm. and it has blue babies with it as well mm -hmm. and um obviously this is where james and james's opinions come into their own field <laughs> did you find yourself attracted to knittery not really i mean that's been a popular thing for debate as well a lot of people found themselves attracted to it Okay, fair enough. Maybe it's because you saw her boobs. I'm just, I'm just saying, James, you're a weird guy. I mean, that kind of thing would go for you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, no I think, to be honest, right now, there's a good feast of things for the eyes and ears. And so go out and enjoy mm -hmm. it. fantastic time here at the Super Fun Happy Hour and we hope you have too. If you have any questions, you can direct them to um, us at the podcast which is um, SFH, um, SFHH Podcast, which is the Twitter, or Super Fun Happy Hour at YML.com or our personal emails because I'm, you know, I, I rarely get more than a few emails a day so I'll probably read it. Um, I'm Tom M. Philip at gmail.com. What are you, James? I am Lewis 13 at googlemail.com. You can direct it to gmail, don't worry, it, it's the same address. I like Google Mail, it makes me feel privileged. I just like having a shorter address. Shorter is never necessarily better. Was that a penis joke? Yeah. Cool. Sorry. Well, as you can see, not much has changed. You know, no, we're still, um, 
smutty as ever. It's good yeah. to be back. It's good to be back, though. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to be rebooting the quiz. Um, I'm still yet. I'm still yet to be beaten. And I'm still. And I'm still yet to beat someone. Um, maybe this will change. I very much doubt it. I maybe really. This will but definitely look forward to this um, coming season with um, plenty of discussions, and hopefully we'll get guests on. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I know Tom's got a couple of in the pipeline. Um, we're still working on Ellen Page, literally. Um, <laughs> uh, we are still trying to get her on to the show. Um, apparently she's busy. Some, some, some sort of movie career. I don't understand why she's playing so hard to get. I mean, I, she doesn't have two hours. I don't know. I don't, I don't even that. You know, just ten minutes. Yeah. You know, Alan, please, 10 minutes. That's all we ask. 10 minutes of your time. Please. Not my knees. <laughs> um, if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to be a, a contestant on Super Fun Happy Quiz, uh, email us superfunhappyhour at ymail.com uh, or just get in contact us via the Twitter or if you know us personally, just give us a ring. Yeah, exactly. If you know us personally. If you don't know us personally and you ring us, then seriously, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, how, do you get yeah. My num- how did you get my number? I mean, that's what I'm going to ask you when you call, so don't do that. <laughs> um, this has been a super fun Happy Hour podcast, making Happy Hour bitterly ironic since 2009. That's last year, Tom. Last year. I know. I know. Um, uh, this has been a very subdued podcast, but we're back and we're here to stay. Yeah, and we promise, you know, we promise all the fun you possibly have. Yes. So, um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. See you soon, babe. Bye. Bye.